Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Tell Me How You Did It. I'm Namrata Zakaria and I'm here to bring to you my handpicked list of some of India's finest brands. Yes, our best homegrown companies that can compete with the world's best and still win the battle hands down. These companies range from food, fashion and film to home, art and design. I'm only too happy to talk to the founders who not only chased their rainbows, they also made India proud. Make sure you tune in at hdsmartcast.com week after week to shake the hands that built our best businesses. Listen to them tell me how they did it. Hello. This week I'm talking to one of the founders of the Bangalore Watch Company. This is a terrific watchmaking firm that makes luxury quality watches that are easily accessible and completely made in India. In fact, it even tells us the story of India in the 21st century. The Bangalore Watch Company was launched in 2018. It may be only 3 years old. but it has slowly and quietly and steadily built a great following i'm talking to its founder nirupesh joshi hi nirupesh welcome to the show it's lovely to finally have you here good morning thank you for having me here what made you and your wife mercy launch this boutique watch company uh, both of you are former tech professionals so you know technology is pretty much the opposite of watches right now uh they it's pretty much rendered the watch irrelevant but more importantly um this is uncharted territory for two tech professionals no that's very true i mean what we did in our past lives is polar opposite of what we're doing right now we never imagined that we'd be running a watch brand at any point in our lives uh but look we since we were in tech we had the opportunity to travel around the world we spent a few years overseas um and when we did spend time overseas we got introduced to the world of luxury watches and we were fortunate enough to be able to afford some nice watches uh at that time and that's when we started into watches so it was not really like a early age thing where i had my grandfather's omega handed down to me uh it was not a story like i wish it was a story like that, that but that wasn't the case but that's it was my more, story that's my story was, by the way <laughs> that's that's a fantastic story that's that's most people's uh you know uh family heirloom that gets passed down these these nice and, watches and and the omega that i i uh inherited is actually a pulse watch so it only works when you're wearing it it's really unusual that's fantastic that's good yeah so so when uh so so this started very late for us when when we lived overseas we got interested in watches but when we look back home to india there was no watch company at that time Uh, and this was also the time when we heard the news of HMT shutting down in 2013 if you remember yes uh, and we said look there was this one iconic watch company in india uh, from the 60s and that shutting down it's a sad state of affairs that there is no watch company from india and there was a thought in the back of our head why you know could we do something like that could we start a watch company in india uh, but, but again, of course that why watches i mean technology has rendered the watch completely irrelevant you know people today wear watches for emotional reasons or fashion i look i i think that's a great question i get asked that question a lot um and you know 
I, I love having this conversation about the whole technology, the relevance of watches in, in, in today's world when there's, everything is powered by technology. My opinion is, is the following. The simple function of time telling is now a vestigial function. Your washing machine tells you what time it is. Your car clock tells you what time it is. There's a screen on people's refrigerators that tell you what time it is now. So if you just want to know what the time is, you don't need a watch. Yeah. But we all wear watches because they have an emotional connection with us. Like your grandfather's Omega that got passed down. That's the only reason we wear a watch. And from that point of view, wristwatches are still very relevant today. Uh, 50 years from now, I'm afraid very few people can say something as nice as you just said about your grandfather's watch about a smartwatch. Unfortunately, they just expire in two years, uh, three years at, at best. So if, you, if you're looking for something that you have an emotional connection with, I think wristwatches are still very relevant today. Why Bangalore? Did you handpick Bangalore? Oh, good question. So look, uh, we've been uh, Bangalore residents for almost two decades now. We've been moving in and out of the city. Uh, we call Bangalore home now, although we were not raised here. We spent our younger years elsewhere. But then uh, Bangalore is what we believe is ground zero for watchmaking in India. If you, if you look back at history, uh, HMT, the watch company from the 60s, was founded in Bangalore. Uh, Titan is headquartered here in Bangalore. A lot of watchmaking ecosystem today exists in Bangalore, and Bangalore is home for us. Uh, so there was no better way to associate ourselves with the city than putting the name in the name of the brand. Why is the idea of a made in India watch so important to you? I mean, you keep referring to HMT, but why did it become like uh, a pursuit of passion, of conviction for you? Yeah, I think, I think that's a good segue. I mean, look, um, if you look at the popular worldview of India yeah. uh, and from a, from a point of view of international luxury brands, and that popular worldview is of elephants, snake charmers, old temples, architecture. But I think one of the things that Mercy and I, we've been yearning to do is to tell stories from a modern 21st century view of India. Yeah. And that was something that we did not find any luxury brand doing. Uh, and of course, there's a huge, there's a new resurgence of new age luxury brands from India that some of them you're, you're talking to in this series that are beginning to tell those stories, be it coffee or whiskey or clothing, um, and I think we're the first to do something like that with watches. It has never been done before. So it's, I it's watch. I absolutely agree. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. And, and, I, and like I said, it's watchmaking from India with the 21st century worldview of India with very modern stories being told through these watches. So who is your customer? Who, is, who picks up a BWC watch? So, look, um, most of our customer base right now is in the big cities, obviously, but we also find uh, taking from the smaller towns. A good percentage of our owners are overseas as well. But if there's somebody that's looking for an Indian origin brand that's making world-class product, that is the typical BWC owner. You know, it doesn't really matter where uh, he or she is uh, located, uh, what age group he or she falls in. Um, it's the simple pursuit of world-class brands from India, and that's the typical BWC watch owner. So up until a couple of years ago, 65% um, of your watches were sold in India. Has that number changed? Um, I believe now about, 
I think about 70-75% of our watches are sold in India. About 25-30% are still sold overseas. We're a direct-to-customer brand. We ship worldwide from Bangalore. So, um, you know, we, we ship uh, anywhere FedEx would take our boxes. Nirupesh, how do you go about putting all your suppliers and uh, your quality protocols in place, especially now in the pandemic? Yeah, it's been it's been really challenging. I mean, the last uh, you know, very recently with the lockdown, we've had to actually stop our watchmaking operations. We've had to stop our quality control operations. We've had to stop our shipping operations for a few weeks. It's been really challenging. But coming from a completely different industry, it was a challenge in the first couple of years uh, for us to put together an ecosystem of suppliers who could, A, supply to a small brand like ours. We're probably their smallest customer now. Um, and B, put together a, a set of quality standards that that meet international quality standards in terms of what we source from these suppliers. It was not an easy task, but it took us a couple of years to put that together. And has it been, I mean, have you been successful at it? Have sales been okay in the last year, year and a half? Uh, you said we, we just celebrated our three-year anniversary and yeah. uh, a year and a half of those right in the in the thick of things, given what's going on right now. It's very interesting to see, on the one hand, people having very different priorities about health and safety of themselves and their families. But also, on the other hand, it's ironic because um, people are beginning to have a lot more disposable income because there are no dinners happening, no social events happening, international vacations have been cancelled. So we find ourselves uh, talking to a lot of people that want to spend their disposable income in buying some nice watches for themselves. So we've been doing quite okay. That's great. I want to take you back to the HMT story because I'm still stuck on that. Why was it so important to you? And your first watch, the Renaissance, was also a tribute to HMT. Tell us about that. Yeah, no, that's a a great starting point. Look, I mean, when we spent time overseas, when we started looking at these watch companies overseas, we spent a lot of time at boutiques of Patek, JLC, Vacheron, we lived in Hong Kong at the time. It's a fantastic place to learn watches. I love watches. If you like watches, you know, Hong Kong's a great place to be. Uh, one thing that stood out to us is every single watch company was weaving stories with their watches. It had to be a story about a particular, you know, uh, a valley in the Switzerland, or it has to be a story of a particular Air Force squadron uh, in, in the U.S., or it has to be a story of a particular plane uh, in World War II. But it was always about watches that had backstories. Uh, and this was a time when HMT was shutting down and that left a very sort of an empty space because I grew up watching my father wear his HMT to work every single day. And HMT was a common man's watch. In the 60s, you could, if you're in India in the 60s, with our socialistic economic model, you couldn't buy anything but an HMT if you wanted to watch in India unless you wanted to import it. Uh, so I, I saw my father wearing HMTs to work every day. So it left a very emotional spot. And when we heard about HMT shutting down, we said, there isn't a watch company in India that is A, producing world-class watches today and B, telling these wonderful stories from a very 21st century point of view. So there is an opportunity to do something like that. And we took that inspiration right from HMT. Um, if I may go out on a limb and say, pick up where HMT left off uh, and, then, and then pick up the baton and, and run with it, if you will. I love that. Do you own any HMTs right now? I do. I, I do have a couple of HMT Jantas and HMT yeah, Pilots, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which are iconic. I do I do have some of those, yes. What, tell us about your watch collection. 
Oh, okay. So my my watch collection is very simple. I I like to go for very simple, classic, timeless pieces. And there was a question recently about uh, from one of our our owners to say, okay, how do you when you design watches yourself, how do you make sure there is no personal bias in design? Uh, and I I my response was that there has to be personal bias. That's why we're a small boutique watch company. If there's no personal bias, there is no life in these watches. So there's obviously a lot of personal bias in the watches that we design. As creative director, the watches that we design are the kind of watches that I'd like to wear. Um, so I, I go for anything that has a timeless design. If you look at a watch today, if that watch designs relevant 50 years from now, that's kind of the watches I I like to wear. Give me a number. How many? Oh, how many? So I had to downsize a lot. So I had about 16, 17 watches. I was not crazy. Dog. I didn't have 200 watches, but I went for very specific watches. I had about 16, 17 watches, but I had to downsize a lot. Mercy and I have invested a significant portion of our life savings into this business when we started it. So that downsizing had to happen before we moved back to <laughs> India, uh, as you'd understand. So the Mark One is clearly the BWC's most popular. timepiece and now there's soon going to be a second generation of it take us through the story yeah yeah that's a great story look i uh, i've been fascinated with fighter planes since when i was young i grew up in chennai when i was young and i still remember going to see uh, the ins vikrant uh, parked on the beach in marina beach in madras yeah. i was sitting yeah. on my dad's shoulders because it was too crowded and i couldn't see and i saw these fighter planes take off from the from the ship uh that's my first memory of fighter planes and since then i was always obsessed with fighter planes and even when we lived overseas when i look for watches i always look for pilot styled watches right uh, which have like this aviation inspiration uh but one of the things that stood out to us when we wanted to start the brand is why isn't there a a pilot watch or an aviation watch with an indian back story i mean the indian air force we all dearly love yeah uh, there has to be a watch that is based on the indian air force and a tribute to an iconic fighter plane of the indian air force so that was the root of the story for the mark 1 uh but later when we did our research we figured that probably the most iconic story to be told is the story of the first supersonic fighter plane which is the mig 21 type 77 which played a, a huge role in the 1971 bangladesh liberation campaign uh and then served in the indian air force for 50 years and then retired in 2013 So we took that story as the backstory of the entire collection. So if you see the designs inspired by fighter jet cockpits, it glows in the dark. We've used a luminous material from Switzerland. Um, the the straps are inspired by the harness in the cockpit of the MiG twenty one fighter jet. Uh, there's three MiGs flying in formation on the case back. So the entire collection is the is a narrative of a celebration of Indian Air Force. And it's, and as you said, it's done. quite really well because there isn't a story like that uh in in good quality watchmaking today nirupesh if you'll allow me to ask you a business question in general the titan launched um uh, a watch earlier this year that cost 2 lakhs the edge mechanical i think it's mm-hmm. called yes. how do you see this as a development for the indian market i mean is are we ready to pay lakhs for a made in india watch I think we are. I think we are. Look, I mean, we when we started three years ago, we put a significant portion of our trust and also savings in the business, and we knew we were ahead of the curve. But I think we are ready. We're at a point now that everybody is beginning to ask the question: 
Look, now in India, you have access to all the international brands. Any watch, if you're a watch connoisseur, if you want to buy a watch in India, you get access to all the brands right now. But I think people are beginning to ask the question of, okay, why is this watch special to me besides the brand logo on the dial? And how can I connect with this watch? And that connection with the watch could mean many things. It could be because you connect with the Indian Air Force story. It, is, it could be because it is a made in India watch. It could be because you connect with it because your grandfather wore the same Titan that you want to wear now. Um, it is an emotional connection and people are beginning to ask that question. And I have no doubts in the ability or the, the purchasing power of the Indian customer now to be able to spend uh, two lakhs on a watch. I, I, I see this as a very positive development. Interesting. Have you launched a women's line yet? Yes. Uh, our second collection was a women's line. We called it Stree for women. Um, and it was an extension of our first dress watch collection for gentlemen. And we called it the ladies dress watch. So it's a very dressy, classic watch that you could wear for festivities uh, or when you'd like to dress up in more Indian traditional wear. Um, and that, that did quite well also. So it was received as well as your men's watches? Yes, it has been received as well as the men's watches, yes. That's fantastic to hear. But you know, Nirupesh, globally, there's a trend of gender-neutral sort of unisex um, watches. Is BWC trying to, does that have that in mind and trying to bring about a watch that both can wear? I think so, yes. I, I do think so. Look, I mean, a few years ago, boyfriend jeans was a trend. Uh, and now boyfriend watch or husband's watch uh, is a trend. We, we're seeing this across the board. Uh, of course, a lot of our owners are men and they tell us all the time that, look, I bought this watch, my wife liked it or my girlfriend liked it and it's gone. I, I have no access to it anymore, so I need to buy another one now, right? Um, I don't know where you stand uh, with respect to the whole boyfriend watch thing, but it's, it's a thing. Uh, we, we are beginning to see a more gender-neutral approach where there is no classification between a men's watch and a women's watch. Um, and we're also going towards a more uh, compact mid-size case sizes, not making it oversized at 43 mm or 46 mm. Um, so we're also sort of moving in that direction and we're clearly seeing this with our owners as well. What's next for BWC? Where are you going to be five years from now? Oh, five years is a long term. <laughs> Right? I, don't, I don't know if we're thinking clearly five years from now, uh, as well as we're thinking business continuity for the next year, honestly. Right? I mean, really? I, think a lot of, I, think the, I think a lot of the business owners are pretty much in that, in that stage right now. But look, I, I think one of the things that uh, we sort of set out as a direction for us is to say, okay, when we build this brand, BWC should clearly put ourselves on the radar for world-class watchmaking from India. And I'd say in a very short time, we've been fairly successful at that. If you look at um, watch publications from around the world, like Hodinki, a block to watch, worn and wound, they've all recognized uh, Bangalore Watch Company as a world-class watchmaking brand from India. Uh, we've been extremely fortunate with a lot, of the, a lot of our friends in the media in India as well for being recognized as somebody that's trying to build good quality watches from India, world-class quality luxury watches from India. I think the goal now is to sort of carry that baton and move on faster forward and tell more stories. Uh, so far, we've had a gentleman's dress watch. We have a pilot watch. And most recently, we launched a sports watch that's inspired by cricket. And we called it Cover Drive. 
Um, and now the idea in the next, at least in the next 12, 18 months is to do three more stories like that. We have one coming in August. We have another one coming in November, another one coming in March next year. So once we have that lineup, the idea is to go, you know, take it to more people. As a small brand, we're always constrained by, uh, you know, the pockets. Like we don't have deep pockets, like large luxury brands. So we're always constrained by how wide our messaging can go. But that's where the focus is going to be over the next few years. Are you completely self-funded? Would you be picking up and getting investors on board? At the moment, we're completely self-funded. Um, when people ask me this question, I say, we're a customer-funded business model. Uh, our, our customers and our watch owners keep us going. Uh, but building a world-class watch company is, is a very ambitious goal. Uh, that isn't something that we can always do by a uh, bootstrap business model. So we're definitely having conversations, but it's, it's very different from the typical uh, venture capital business uh, model that we see all around us today in India. The typical venture capital, and coming from tech, I know this very well, the venture capital business model works for a typical tech company that can go from 10,000 users to 10 million users in a year. But you can't do that with a watch company, um, you know. So the the business model is different, the economics are different. Uh, but there are definitely ongoing conversations right now. But it's also a very original space, the kind of space you occupy. I mean, I I would pretty much say there's nobody else doing what you do, with the conviction and with the finesse. I look, I I take that as a compliment. So so thank you for that. I meant uh, it as well. Thank you very much. Look, I, there are other watch companies in India that are doing it, but I do believe that we've sort of set our sights very high in terms of where yeah. we want to go. Um, yeah. And we're, we're committed to that. Um, and, and you're right. It's a very original space. It's a niche. Um, it's, it's not a large market opportunity. It's good and bad. I, I tell my friends all the time and I say, we're the only brand trying to do something like this in India. It's good and bad because it, it's good because you go with your own convictions. It's bad because you can't learn from other people's mistakes. Uh, so I, I, I think it's a very original space and that also sometimes becomes a challenge because when you're talking, when you're having investor conversations, they're looking for references to see, has this happened before? Have they been successful? Nirupesh, it's been so exciting and even educative to learn about uh, the Bangalore Watch Company. I love what you do and I wish you all the best. Thank you so thank much for your time. No, thank you very much. I appreciate you bringing me into the show and I wish you all the best as well. See you soon. Talk to you soon. If you enjoyed the show or not, write to me on Instagram, Twitter, or Clubhouse at Namrita Sitara. You can catch the video podcast on the Lifelink channel on YouTube. For updates on Tell Me How You Did It, follow us at HD Smartcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse. To listen to more podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or suno nai nazariye se. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.